welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who can probably run this show better than I could at this point, because this is take number five, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, I seem to be doing a lot better than you are. So, you know, there's, there's the, I got that going for me, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing very, very well today. How are you doing? I, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, there is things that not only are out of my control, but are really making me flub up today. So, um, I, I appreciate that you're just, you're, you're laughing at me, not with me. So, um, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm feeling a lot better from Monday. You know, I was kind of sick on Monday, so. Good. Two thumbs up. I got to ask you, Bo, you know, you, you, before we hopped in and had all these takes, you told me something like the San Diego Padres were washed. What, what makes you think that? Well, it could be the fact that they played a really bad series against the Seattle Mariners. Um, Just maybe top of mind. And then they call a quote unquote players meeting and, um, yeah, I haven't looked at their playoff odds recently. Actually, you know what? I have their playoff odds here. I guess they still have a decent chance to make the playoffs, but um, yeah, I uh, I think they I think they might be done. Looks a little tough over there in San Diego. So if they don't make the playoffs, can we just say there's a fire sale and and go pick up Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts for cheap? Um, I don't know about the word cheap that, that, that might seem, but the, yeah, the Xander Bogarts thing now, um, not looking so good. Maybe the Mariners are right to pass on that one, but, uh, yes, they would probably both be, they're not going to be cheap by any means, but, um, what, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Why let's do it. You know what? Let's also bring Otani into the fold. Let's whoa, just, whoa, let's just, whoa, let's just go. Whoa, whoa. Let's go wild. We're buck go, wild. Let's go, do it. Go buck wild. Get Aaron judge for right field. Get Aaron Judge, whatever else the Mets are selling off. You know what I mean? Why not? Let's do it. I don't think we want anything from the Mets. I don't. I really don't think we do. <laughs> maybe okay. Maybe Eddie Diaz after he's pitched a couple games. Oh, you just you want to make sure of your investment there before you before well, you pull the trigger. Is that what it is? The Mets obviously didn't make sure of their investment. Played in the World Baseball Classic and got hurt. Uh. That's what happens. That's what happens. Before we get into everything, thank you for taking time and coming back and listening to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. That, of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. Um, you know, just a little look into what Bo and I see. Um, it was really exciting to, to pop on to uh, Spotify for podcasters and see that this week we've had 108 people. Um, view our podcast you know that's any episode uh that's our audience size for the last seven days so if you're a part of that thank you very much it's exciting to see the the listens are racking up and and you know we're bo and i are doing this for fun but it's always cool to see that that you know some other people are listening you know shout out to the people that listen all over washington all over idaho that's predominantly the two biggest states but we've got people in about 35 different states right now. Um, we've got someone over in Germany listening pretty consistently. We got someone over in Australia that's been listening. So, hey, thank you for for tuning in. This is episode number, I think, 60. So, um, you know, we're just having fun with it. And 
We hope you guys are too. So, and then that's just for our returning listeners. If you're if you're a first time listener, hey, thanks for choosing us. And Bo and I have been doing this for about sixty episodes now, and hopefully. You know, you listen to this episode and, and realize we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. You know, um, you know, we don't claim to be professionals at all, but we uh, we feel like we're pretty knowledgeable and can come in and, uh, you know, give you pretty even headed takes. You know, you're not like going to Facebook and seeing people uh, rag on the Mariners because they made a pitching change in the eighth when they shouldn't have or let someone pitch hit, you know, we, we try to rationalize everything. So, um, you know, outside of Bo's obsession with Otani. So he's really wanting to get Otani, but, (laughs) um, if you haven't already, you should see him right now. He's shaking his head at me, shaking his head, got a uh, big smirk on his face. So (laughs) if you haven't already go hit up our social media pages, you can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, just search Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app to get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, you know, maybe even rate us on there. One, usually it's a star system. You give us five stars, then it'll just help drive us up the charts, you know, a little bit and get a little bit more visibility. So if you can do that for us, we'll, you know, give you the best Mariners baseball talk that we can. So anyways, Bo, I could see you're ready you're ready to talk, so why don't we start with some Mariners notes? And uh, you know, Monday we didn't, you know, for Tuesday's episode we didn't really have too many Mariners notes because we thought it was the dead season, and boy were we wrong because uh, you know someone went on the IL and someone got DFA'd and someone got called up and pitched their first major league game. Yes, sir, um, Brian Wu. Going to the uh, going to the IL with uh, they just call it <clears throat> a forearm inflammation. Um, I think Justin was recently talking about they don't think it's overly serious, more precautionary than anything, and there was always an expectation that we were going to slow down Wu at some point, right? Um, so I think that this probably helps that a little bit, and it sounds like with. Coinciding with this, there was always the talk of Emerson Hancock was going to get a shot when this kind of occurred or when the, you know, the, uh, the stretching out of the six man rotation started, right. It sounded like there was always going to be a chance that Emerson Hancock was going to be a part of that. So I think this fit pretty well together, I guess, still, you know, given Brian Wu's kind of injury history of the past, still a little concerned there. Right. But hopefully it's nothing too serious, but yeah, the, the, the fun part of it is Emerson Hancock called up and made his uh, major league start on Wednesday. So um, I think it just, uh, I, I haven't seen any stats yet of just how many free agent, the free agent, free, uh, rookie pitchers the Mariners have, uh, you know, either started this year or the last year, but is it four this year? Um, Double that eight. Eight. Eight, eight, sorry. I was thinking this year and I was thinking, you know, I'm in the context of this year and like, um, you know, how many compared to like everybody else they've really done. I don't think we quite know the numbers on all of that, but um, yeah, just, uh, just the pipeline just keeps coming. Right. And uh, Hancock was, uh, had a good start, a decent start on Wednesday and uh, yeah, no, just continues this kind of pipeline of Mariners pitching. So all good stuff. Yeah. 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 And Hancock, we're going to get into it. Hancock looked, um, you know, pretty good. Not, you know, gave up three walks, you know, had three strikeouts, but uh, you know, Every bit, um, 
you know, the pitcher we were kind of expecting coming up. And, uh, you know, it's good to see. They did have to open up a 40-man roster spot for Emerson, Emerson Hancock because even though Wu was placed on the 15-day IL, um, you know, that didn't open up a 40-man roster spot. Wu still has his spot on the 40-man roster. So in, uh, you know, in preparation, they did DFA Matt Festa. Um, I know there was a hope that they could re-sign him, but um, he is now technically a free agent. So Matt Festa is, who, who knows what Matt Festa's next step. He could end up back in a Mariners uniform, but, um, you know, he could go find another team now. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. And then out of that, yeah, sorry. Matt Festa, very well could go to another team. I know he's had, he had a couple of bumps along the road in, in Seattle this year, but I think the, um, the addition ended up being, was it Ryan Jensen? Uh, no, Ryan, the... Ryan, Ryder Ryan, Ryder Ryan, I think is. Sorry, sorry. You're the writer Ryan was, they recalled Ryder Ryan, but they also claimed Ryan Jensen around oh, the same time. Right, so. right. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he so reported Ryan, to AAA. I don't know. I don't think he's on the 40-man roster right now. I think that's right. Yeah, no. And I think uh, to just to note with Ryan Jensen, um, the Mariners like their firm or first-round picks, and Ryan Jensen is one of those. Um, so he'll be uh, kind of another arm that they have there and a little bit of a project for the Mariners. should be fun. It should be. It should be. Another, another firmer first-round pick. But he doesn't quite have the name like JB or J JB Bukakis. JB Bukakis, yeah, yes right, sir. Right, yep. right. Is he yep. he's in the pirate system right now, isn't he? Oh, uh, I don't know where he ended up. He bounced. I thought he bounced around a couple times, but um, I, I th- yeah, I'm not sure where he, I'm not sure where he ended up at. I think he's in the pirate system right now. At least that's what MLB the show led me to. Uh, Brewers. 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 Right. Right. There you go. Not the pirates. Not the pirates. He tried. Hey, he tried. An, attempt, an attempt. An attempt was made. NL Central. NL Central. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you get points for that. Sure. Yes! Why not? Yes. Chalk it up. Um, <laughs> the other Mariners note we have is actually kind of a game note from Wednesday. Um, JP Crawford left the game with uh, what was it announced as a concussion? I know it was to get checked for a concussion, but uh, slow roller up towards third and short and Suarez got there a little bit before JP, but kind of they collided. Um, obviously Gino being a tank uh, wasn't hurt at all, but JP mm. um, got the brunt of it was on the ground for a few seconds. Um, Scott came out, trainers came out, they ended up getting him up and he stayed in the game for the most part. Um, towards the eighth, ninth inning, um, he told Scott that he wasn't, he wasn't feeling all right. Like, you know, he was a little lightheaded and stuff. And so Dylan Moore ended up pinch hitting for him in the ninth. Um, but again, from the last thing I heard, it was a preliminary test for a concussion. Was it announced as a concussion, Bo? I don't think it's been announced that it was concussion. Um, I think Jerry said that they're they're going to just know more today. Like that's all they've really said. So, um, yeah. So I guess there's just that. We just don't really know yet. And yeah, I won't know for a couple of while here. So, yeah. And, and GP, you know, he's been, you know, probably the leader of this clubhouse, especially in the last few days. 
Um, he's been a very consistent offensive part of this team. Um, you know, former gold glove winner, very consistent defense. Um, so, you know, it is, it'll hurt a little bit if, uh, he's got to be on the shelf and, um, you know, I just, I'm hoping for the best and I'm hoping we just, they just announced that he it wasn't feeling good and it was just a precaution, but you know, by next Tuesday's episode, we'll know a little bit more. Obviously, we've got a big series coming up against Baltimore, and we'd love to have JP, but it's going to be very telling, you know, if we don't see JP at all, you know, in any of those three games. Or if we see him at all, then we know he's good. So, but let's get into this uh, this Padres series because, um, you know, I'll admit I was a little bit nervous going into it. The Padres kind of, kind of got hot. Um, you know, not not hot, but they're they're picking it up a little bit. They're, you know, definitely a team with a big payroll, and and there was you were seeing some glimpses that they could, you know, actually do something this season and not kind of be in the bottom of the NL West. But um, you know, the Mariners it was a two game set, and the Mariners took both games. Um, you know, one was more of a pitching matchup. The other was more of a, well, up until the eighth inning, it was a pitching matchup. And then, you know, Mariners kind of took off. But game one, Bo, Logan Gilbert versus Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez is more of a reliever. Um, but uh, I think he only lasted three or four innings. I think it was three innings. So it was kind of a bullpen day for the Padres. But, um, you know, didn't phase Gilbert at all. And he pitched to Jim. Pitch to Jim and, uh, you know, I thought, um, outside of, uh, you know, the complete game that he had, um, I think it was on July 4th, right. Um, complete game shutout against the giants. Um, probably one of his better starts, if not his best start of the season, I kind of thought, right. He's had a couple of them this year, but, um, yeah, in this game, Logan just, uh, had anything and everything working right um you talk about from um you know he coupled that with 15 swings and misses in this game um he was pretty fastball heavy for the most part but um yeah his spin was up a little bit in this one so that probably contributed and helped a little bit but um yeah thought the control was really good he you know had control of all of his pitches in this one um generated whiffs on every single one of them had a lot of called strikes um I, yeah, I'd go to so far as to say it's certainly one of his best, um, one of his two, one or two best starts of, of the season. One of, one of the, one, obviously the one of the one or two best starts of his career. And, uh, yeah, this felt very, this, this start, I know we're coming up on the Felix weekend felt very Felix esque, right? It did like, you know, seven strong and just dominating with an offense that only scored two runs. It felt very Felix, Felix esque. And, uh, yeah, I think he's just uh, he's starting to grow and he's starting to grow and kind of in coming to his own as this, uh, you know, I think a two level pitcher in our rotation. Right. So he's uh, yeah. What can you say about him? Just continue, he continues to at least give the team a chance to win and you know has games where he just dominate like this one. Yeah. Yeah. His final line for the night, seven innings strong, only gave up one base hit. Um, you know, the Padres only got three base, base hits throughout the whole game. He only gave up one. Didn't walk anyone, struck out 12, 
you know, lowered his ERA to 3.66. And I don't know if you saw this, Bo, but he is the first right-handed pitcher ever to strike Soto out three times in a game. Sorry, yes, I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Do you still want Juan Soto then after that? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Yes, good. yes I do. Good, good, good. Yes, I do. Good, but, good. Uh, did, did, didn't, he, didn't he get the golden sombrero in this game? He did. did, he, get, didn't he, he, did. did he get four? Yeah, he, got, okay. he got struck out by, was it Munoz at the end? It was Munoz at the end because he was up go. in the ninth inning. But, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, what can we say that you didn't already say with Logan Gilbert? Picked up the win. He's 10-5 and five on the season. Um, best winning percentage for start for a starter on the Mariners team right now. So, uh, Matt Brash came in after Logan Gilbert and locked up the eighth. Um, did give up one hit, typical Matt Brash appearance, but uh, and he did give up a walk, but he did strike someone out, didn't bring anyone across. So, um, it was good in that sense. You know, he got a, his 16th hold of the season, and then Andres Munoz came in, did give up a hit in the ninth but picked up his sixth save after striking out Juan Soto. So um, all in all, and this has kind of been the theme for the last couple weeks, a good night of pitching. It was a great night of pitching. They shut down Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Machado, Bogarts. Like, you know, it's a pretty decent lineup, even if it doesn't look like a great lineup. So, or like, uh, this season looked like a great lineup, but, um, you know, good to see. So. Good to see. And the Padres have been, uh, you know, playing some better baseball lately. Right. So like it was, uh, yeah, it just, uh, continues this hot streak of Mariners pitching and coupled that with the hot streak of Mariners, uh, offense looking alive. And like we said, it doesn't take too much when you have a good enough rotation and kind of bullpen like we do to win baseball games. And I think that was the case in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive wise. Um, again, you know, this just kind of highlights, you know, JP leaving with a concussion in game two, cause he went three for four. He's batting almost two seventy. This has been his best offensive season. He's, you know, he hit his 10th home run last week. Um, his, first double digit home run season of his career. So, I mean, he's, he's picking it up going to be a big loss. If, if, um, you know, he, uh, is, has to be out any amount of time. Um, Julio went two for four. He's batting about two sixty now, you know, great to see Julio pick it up. And there's one thing that I mentioned, or I saw Bo, maybe not quite in this game, but I definitely saw, and I've been noticing kind of trend with him. Because we talked a lot about him be uh, playing hero ball, you know he's always looking to to hit it out, and um, especially in game two, um, you know eighth inning, um, he looked more balanced. He looked like he's seeing the ball better, but he's making better choices. He knows that he's got the speed. If he gets on base, you know he could still score even if if it's you know, him being on first, he could steal a base and get second, still score. And I feel like we're seeing that a lot more with him now where he's drawing walks, you know, he can be a hero in other ways. He doesn't need to hit the home run every time. Yeah. He's looking, he's looking much more balanced at the plate and, um, and 
it doesn't look like he's kind of getting out in front of himself. I would think too much. He's still swinging very hard, I would say, but like, I think that's just going to be always part of Julio's game. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in this game, no, sorry, I was looking at the next game, but like, again, still hitting the ball pretty hard, but um, <clears throat> you know, is getting like those, just those singles, right? Like he's just trying to put the ball in play in some of these. And um, you know, as, as hard as Julio hits the ball, right. He's always going to have a pretty good chance to get on base if he puts it in play just because um, you know, it's going to be difficult to get to because it's going to be going pretty fast. So he's just uh, again, staying more balanced at the plate, making good swing decisions. Like you said, um, getting on walks. I think we've seen it before where he's taking advantage of wild pitches and advance from second to third. And it becomes a single becomes like a triple in a way. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think some of the things that he's doing um, on the bases as well is just really contributing to, I think um, getting traffic and, you know, I think putting more pressure on the, on the defense and the pitching to hold guys on and try to get guys at the plate. So Julio is just, uh, yeah, he's just been very, very good over the last 30 days. Like a lot of the team has. So um, very good to see. Yeah. You know, looking at other places of the offense real quick here. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Cal Raleigh went over to you, but had an RBI and we're going to, we're going to talk about how they got that first RBI in a second, second RBI. The one that kind of was uh insurance run of some sorts was a Dylan Moore triple in the eighth. I'm pretty sure. I think it was the eighth, um, you know, brought around, uh, uh, it was brought around Dominic Canzone. That is not right. Brought around Tom Murphy. So, um, you know, good on, good on old Tommy boy there to, to get on base and Dylan Moore to bring him home. Um, uh, see, there was only, there was nine hits, uh, runners in scoring position, two for 11, eight, uh, runners left on. And we only scored two runs. And the first run, Bo really wants to try to, to, poke at me here because I still don't like the rule, but Mariners scored their first run off a Cal Raleigh, Cal Raleigh pitch clock violation, or excuse me, it was on the pitcher. Cal Raleigh got ball four and he walked. So yeah, let's be clear. It was a walk. It was a walk because the rules dictate that if you go past the pitch clock, that is actually a ball. So that is, that is what occurred in this particular instance. So Credit to the pitch clock, right? We love the pitch clock. No, we don't. Don't we? We don't love the pitch clock. I love three-hour games, but I'm I'm happy that it worked in the Mariners' favor this time. All I gotta say is Doug Eddings called this one really tight. Like I was surprised. Like when you're when I'm watching the game, the pitch clock's done a really good job of like I don't even really think about the pitch clock too often, right? I feel like I actually notice a pitch clock more when I'm actually at the game now. Yeah. Like I see it because it's like right there. But like when I'm watching on TV, I don't actually notice it too much. And like I probably wouldn't have even noticed if I think it was Kerr right through the ball. Like I wouldn't have. I don't think I even would have noticed at the time. So like Doug Eggings was on that fast. So just uh, just the nature of the beast now in Major League Baseball. I think, so I think um, it was Scott Barlow. I think it was Scott Barlow. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was Eddings. No, Scott Barlow was the pitcher. It wasn't Kerr. No, it was Kerr. No, I'm pretty sure it was Kerr. No, Kerr gave up the second run. Kerr gave up both runs, my, my man. Oh, well, Scott Barlow got 
got uh, tagged with the first run because he allowed the, the runner correct. to be on. So That's there correct. we go. There, there you go. You know, we're we're problem solvers here. We you, got that. We made that we made that little maze and we figured it out. Yeah, well, there you go. The broadcast team were trying to figure out on in this game after the pitch clock violation happened, if that's ever happened, if if we were the first team to score a run. And all I could think of was it did happen in spring training. You're not going to count it, but it happened. And it was a game. It was a game winning run. Like the game ended after that. So we have seen it. I don't think we've seen it at the major league level during the regular season, but we have seen it in spring training, but I still don't like the rule. I don't think I'll ever like the rule. Glad it worked out in the Mariners' favor. So, um, not much else from this game, Bo. I mean, you know, great pitching performance, couple runs here and there, and that was enough to, to, um, you know, get game one. And game two was heading that way. It was pretty deadlocked the whole game. It was, you know, 1-1 going into the eighth inning. Padres scored on a ground out um, by Soto in the first. Uh, Mariners got a sack fly from JP in the third and we battled for seven innings at one, one. Then that bottom of the eighth came around and my boy, big dumper coming up with the biggest home run furthest home run. I'm not going to say biggest because biggest was the, the dumper home run to get us into the playoffs last year. But the furthest home run by dumper in his career was hitting the eighth two runs 450 feet. He was even surprised. I watched the post-game interview with uh, with Jen, and he was even surprised it went that far. Yeah, it was very uh, it was very thumper by dumper esque though. It looked it looked the same to me, like coming off the bat in a way. But like, yeah, no, I was uh, yeah. That's one you just gotta stare up and look at and just say, see ya, right? That was uh, it was uh, surprising in terms of just how far he was able to hit it. But um, I think not surprising, just given how well Cal Raleigh's been playing. So, uh, yeah, it, it looked the same. I guess it looked the same as the thumper by dumper. Maybe that's the way I'll put it. So there you go. It, well, the only difference that I think that comes to mind for me is the thumper by dumper was a changeup. Um, and this one was a slide piece. It was definitely a slide piece. It was Correct. a breaking that's ball. That's right. But, yeah. um, such a such a good a good home run you know got my hopes up in the eighth and then the mariners just poured it on after that because he got two runs Cade marlowe gets a hit scores another insurance run dylan moore gets a hit scores another couple insurance runs you know it got to the point it you know they ended up winning 6-1 munoz was warming up in the bullpen and they sat him down they're like we're gonna bring in campbell you your services aren't needed tonight. Now, you know, Campbell did give up a, a walk in a in a K or a walk and a hit in the ninth inning. So I thought there was a chance, you know, if a couple runs come around the score, they were going to get Munoz back up to come in. But that wasn't needed. And, and you know, the, the six runs were enough to, you know, close out the, the Padres. You could definitely tell, too, in that eighth inning, just watching – you know, like when Cade Marlowe got his hit, um, you know, when, when Dylan Moore got his hit, um, the Padres were kind of beaten down a little bit. They were very, I don't know, they were slow to the ball. They, it was almost like they were giving up in a sense. And that's kind of probably why they, they 
called their team meeting today. Um, you know, we're shooting on Thursday. They um, called about uh, called the team meeting, and it got publicly recognized. But um, you know, it just it just seemed like they were um, they were out of it. You know, they they gave up at the end there, and uh, I I think it was interesting. Uh, I'm gonna say one more thing, Bill, and I'll let you talk. But I think it was kind of interesting that um, I think it was was it Gary Hill or was it Rick Riz? I can't remember. It was one of the broadcasters had talked to Blake Snell um, during the series because he's a local Washington guy, and uh, he flat out asked him like, "So what's what's going on with the Padres this year?" And Snell wasn't blunt about it. He goes, "We we win a couple games and we're like, you know, we're getting in the groove, and then we go on a four straight losing streak." You know, and then we start winning a couple games or battling back towards 500. We hit 500 and then we lose five games, you know. So very, uh, very rough to to see that, you know, because the Padres had high hopes going into the season. Uh, super high hopes. And uh, yeah, I think their best player has probably been a guy that they didn't really expect to be their best player, right? And Ha-Sing Kim. So um yeah, the the consistency, I guess it's good to see that other teams have problems with inconsistency, right? But um yeah, I I would just think, you know, um <clears throat> the Mariners don't have anything like Amani Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Xander Bogarts, right? Like those four big players. Um Mariners don't really have that in terms of like especially like the dollar values associated with it. So yeah, I think there has to be a sense of uh, a pretty large disappointment on the side of the the Padres this time around. Um, and yeah, you just wonder what that team's going to do in the off season, if there's going to be some sort of shakeup or what have you there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It also feels like a team that could go on a pretty hot streak as well, though. Like I think they were saying there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to see. The Padres are a little bit of an example of why uh, the Padres might probably get propped up as an example. I know Jerry's probably put this out there before of like why you shouldn't, or you should spend your money more wisely. So yeah, um, maybe they're uh, maybe them and the Mets should, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Might be about, maybe back to the drawing board for them. I think in the off season. See, you know, you, you called them washed earlier and, and we're counting them out, but the NL is such a weird I don't know. It's such a weird time when it comes to playoff time because, like, the Phillies last year, they made the World Series as a wild card team, you know. So, I mean, if the Padres are able to make uh, the playoffs as a wild card team, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could do this, you know, especially after a team meeting. You know, you saw the Mariners drew it earlier in the season and, and they've kind of turned around lately. So, I, I don't know. NL is a lot more open than the AL, I feel. AL is going to be a pretty tough egg to crack come playoff time. And we're going to talk about some playoff uh, some playoff stuff in a little bit. But let's get through this game real quickly. Um, you know, just looking at the offense, uh, they managed to string together 10 hits. Um, Dylan Moore obviously getting one after coming in and pitch hitting for J.P. Crawford. Julio did get, go over. Um, but did draw a walk and, and scored, um, you know, like I said, in the eighth inning. Gino went two for four. Um, Big Dumper went two for four. Tail went one for three. Um, Ty France went two for three. Kid Marlowe, two for three. Rojas, 0 for four. Um, 
Mike Ford get, did get a start at DH. He got pinch hit for. Um, he's 0 for 2. He's like 1 for 15 in his last 15 at bats with a bunch of a bunch of strikeouts. I can't remember the number of strikeouts, but um, you know, I think the um, days are numbered for Mike Ford. You know, he had some a good middle of the season, but uh, lately, you know, and it sucks that we say, "What are you doing for us lately?" Lately, but um, lately he's not been doing much. He's only hitting two twenty two, and uh, you know, I I mentioned to someone the other day that. Um, you know, especially if, if he's still on the roster by the time Kelnick comes back, I certainly think he's the DFA casualty when Kelnick comes back. Um, you know, you could, I, I don't think it, you could even argue it being Cade Marlowe because Cade Marlowe has, has done phenomenal in his role. He's hitting 308, you know, I, again, a small sample size, but he's looking every bit like he should at least get some playing time at the major league level. You know, and he had a very good AAA season up until we called him up, obviously. Um, you know, but uh, it's looking more and more like, uh, you know, this is uh, Mike Ford's last stand, you know, and it, I, his days are numbered. And, and if it's not before Kelnick gets back, it's certainly when Kelnick gets back that he's probably, you know, not on the roster anymore. Yep. No, I think you're, I think you're spot on there. Um you know, I think he had his uh, his good run, right? Had his good, uh, you know, I think it was an exciting run, certainly, for, I think, for all of us Mariner fans. But, um, yeah, it's looking more like Mike's, uh, yeah, I think time is kind of coming to a close somewhere in there. And, um, you know, I think with Canzone and, um, you know, like I said, Kellnick probably coming back at some point. Um, I think the Mariners probably want to try Canzone out a little bit more, I would think, as well, just to kind of see what they got there. So, um, yeah, I think that could spell some, some more time for a can zone as well. So I think it's probably makes sense for, for Ford and maybe they'll give him another shot here or two, right. Kind of give him a kind of one last ride or so, but I don't quite know what that would end up looking like for him. If that would just be an outright release or if he could accept something to the, to the miners, I know that his contract was, you have to promote me or release me. So that might be still be the case, but, um, yeah, I think times, I think we've got maybe a week or two left with Mike Ford and before they make a decision or to try something else there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last couple notes here offensively. Three for eleven with runners in scoring position. Uh, eight left on base. Caballero ended up getting his twentieth stolen base. He's second on the team, behind Julio's twenty-seven. Um, so you know, offensively, not much until the eighth inning, but really broke out in the eighth. Um, let's move on to pitching for a second, Bo, because um, you know, like we said, uh, Emerson Hancock came up. Um, he was supposed to be up there Tuesday, but he probably had some travel issues. We ended up bringing Ryder Ryan up for a game. I think we sent him back down and then Hancock came up to start this game. Um, but again, he looked, um, you know, we, we put it as a fine debut. It wasn't a bad debut by any stretch. It wasn't, you know, certainly the greatest, but, um, you know, five innings pitched, uh, only gave up two hits, uh, one earned run. Three base on balls, three Ks. Um, you know, not not a bad outing at all from uh, from Hancock coming up in his first taste in major leagues. Um, you know, we did go through quite a few uh, uh, bullpen arms, and it was good that we we're getting a rest day on Thursday because we saw action from Topa, 
he pitched a third of an inning, um, gave up a hit and a walk. Nothing came around to score though, um, because Spire came in, picked up the last two thirds of the sixth inning. Um, Spire's looking really good, really good pickup there. Um, Trent Thornton came in in the seventh, pitched an inning, didn't give up a hit, no walks, didn't strike anyone out. Uh, Matt Brash, who ended up getting the win because he was in in the eighth, came in. Uh, not typical Matt Brash performance. Didn't give up a hit or a walk. Did strike someone out. Didn't put anyone on. Like, what the heck, Matt Brash? And then Campbell, like I said, Munoz was going to uh, get the ball in the ninth, but the Mariners scored. Uh, a bunch of runs took the safe situation off the board. So Isaiah Campbell, Campbell came in, did give up a hit, gave up a walk, but struck out two, got us out of the game. And uh, that was uh, that was the victory on Wednesday. You know, you can taking two games from uh, from the San Diego Padres. Yeah, no, very uh, very positive series. We saw. Yeah, we saw debut in this one, and I think Emerson Hancock, um, I think he looked the part of a major league starter, right? And um, I guess I'll be, I don't know how high Hancock's ceiling is really going to be, but, um, you know, I think there's a decent chance that he can turn out starts like this, right? Very consistently. So um, I think he's going to be a good, I think he's going to be a good starter for the Mariners, and this was a good, I think, start to his major league career. And um, yeah, I think the the fact that it came at a point in which the Mariners really need more wins to kind of start um, pushing those playoff odds um, was uh, incredibly positive. And um, I think just to note right after this series, now we're sitting at um, 38% playoff odds to make the playoffs, Um, you know, which uh, if you would have told us that, two months ago we would have been on cloud nine right so like we are we're trending in the right way the team is playing incredibly good right now um hopefully jp's injury is not too serious so we can kind of get him back um everything kind of seems clicking and hopefully brian Wu's injury isn't too harsh either and this team will be kind of at their full capacity right um to kind of i think finish the august strong and then eventually into september so um yeah everything seems to be clicking right now and we've got some Good series, I would say, after this one, after this Orioles series that looked pretty promising. Not to say that, you know, we can still take two or three from the Orioles, but we do have the Royals coming up quite a bit and then the Athletics as well. So there's some light on the other side as well. But uh, this Orioles series will be uh, be a fun one and it'll be a good one to uh, kind of see where this team really is at. Yep, yep. And it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility if the Mariners are able to make the playoffs that we could be seeing Baltimore you know, in the playoffs, they're in a dogfight right now. They've got um, Tampa Bay. They've got Toronto kind of breathing down their necks. I mean, they're looking pretty good, and they could come out as the AL East winner, you know, obviously. But, uh, you know, things can change in the last couple months, and, you know, their ASL East lead could go away, and they could end up in the wild card. And it's certainly a team that uh, we could see, and, and it was – it wasn't a bad series the last time we saw them in Baltimore. Um, you know, they did take two or three, but we battled every game. I think game three, if I remember correctly, uh, Dumper hit a home run and, and tied it up. And, you know, the the Orioles were able to win it in the ninth. So, um, you know, it's going to be a very, very good series um, come, coming up. And, 
uh, certainly team we could see in the playoffs if if we can get there and make it. Um, you know, I think the the pitching matchups definitely favor the Mariners in this series. We got Luis Castillo going against Kyle Gibson. The game that we took in Baltimore last time, Gibson gave up. I think it was six, seven, eight runs. Um, so Mariners saw the ball well against him last time. Certainly is now the realm of possibility that we could see them kind of light him up again. Um, Saturday's game is George Kirby versus Cole Irvin. Um, if that name rings a bell for Mariners fans, Cole Irvin is a former athletic. And every time Cole Irvin had stepped on the mound against the Mariners, he seemed to not do well. Um, going as far to get mentioned in an interview with him after one of his starts. I think he said something along the lines of, I just don't want to see the Mariners again. But now he's in a Baltimore uniform and he's going to see the Mariners on Saturday. Um, Sunday, Bryce Miller versus Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish pitched pretty well in the last series against the Mariners. So uh, it's going to be a tall task to try to figure him out. And all this falls on Felix Hernandez Hall of Fame induction, Mariners Hall of Fame induction weekend. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a rock and ballpark this weekend. Yep. Going to be, going to be a lot of people in town. Um, going to be, uh, yeah, I feel like these hall of fame inductions do, do very, very well. I believe we were at Eggers hall of fame induction, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes we um, were. and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Bobblehead night on Sunday. Um, bobblehead day, I guess on Sunday that is. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be really fun to, I think, celebrate Felix. And, um, yeah, we got to see, we actually saw him drive by during the All-Star game. So that was fun to see him there. <laughs> we and, saw him a uh, few times. Saw him a few times. Close, that's right. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I love Felix. Um, and uh, this would be a good weekend to kind of celebrate everything that he did. And the fact that it was, the fact that it's going to coincide close, so close to when his actual perfect game won is, makes it all that much more special. So there you go. What uh what pitching matchup are you looking forward to in this series, Bill? Um probably uh I would like to see Luis Castillo get it a little bit better in this one. I th- I feel like his last start was rough. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, he's the guy that he he was kind of on a good trend, I think, up until the last one. So I really like to kind of see him kind of get it back under control. So I'll go with that one. I, I think those first two pitching matchups definitely favor, favor the Mariners. You know, like I said, I, I think I'm looking forward to Bryce Miller. I want to see if, uh, you know, he can battle against Kyle Bradish because Kyle Bradish is having a pretty, pretty okay season. So uh, that's definitely, you know, that Sunday game, especially if the Mariners are able to take the first two or, you know, Baltimore and the Mariners split one, one in those games. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Sunday's game. Um, to see if we can we can take at least two or three if not you know sweep the orioles so all right bo um it is time for prospect corner and you you are pulling guys out that uh you know i haven't really heard much about so take it away Sure thing yeah we're gonna we're gonna go under the radar today and we picked uh colin davis um Seventh round pick back in 2021 out of Wilford College. Um, and the reason for picking him is, you know, I kind of like to try to see guys where guys that are having a little bit of a breakout or guys that are performing, you know, where 
we didn't really anticipate them to. And Colin Davis is kind of having a little bit of a power breakout this year. He's had 10 home runs, 12 stolen bases. You can you say it was in Modesto, so maybe a little bit inflated there playing in the California weather. But um, yeah, it's been good this year. Uh, 352 on weighted on base percentage at Modesto. Good enough to get promoted to uh, to Everett. Um, struggling just a little bit to kind of start in Everett, but we'll see if he can kind of continue it. But uh, also 24 years old, so might be somebody that kind of moves a little faster through the system. But uh, yeah, Colin Davis having a little bit of a power breakout this year. Um, good to see and it kind of adds more uh you know more to that kind of good Everett lineup that it is right now so colin davis but when are you going to get out and see an Everett game bill i i don't think you've been out to a single aqua Sox game all season yeah i know we keep planning it and things kind of come up and it's kind of difficult to get to for a certain times. so um I don't know. It's it's on the list. It's on the list. I promise. So sometime I'll give a scouting report live of Harry Ford and Cole Young. How's that sound? I like it. I like it a lot. So, well, that's our show for the day. Um, <clears throat> Bo, you got anything else for our listeners before we get out of here? I do. I do. Yes. So it is it is Felix weekend, right? So I'd be remiss. And I feel like I've maybe asked this trivia question before, but we'll just ask it just because it's apt to Felix here. Um, Rick Clark, can you tell me who caught Felix's perfect game? Oh man, it was, uh, (laughs) you've asked this before. Shoot. It was okay. I'm just, I'm going to rapid fire some catchers here. It wasn't Jaso, was it John Jaso? John Jaso is correct. Thank God. The next one was going to be Chris Jimenez. Chris Jimenez, uh, the funny part is about that perfect game is that Jesus Montero had the only RBI in that game. So another little, fun little tidbit there. So you mean there you go. Mariners Hall of Famer Jesus Montero? Jesus Montero, yes, the the lover of ice cream sandwiches and all that. That's that guy. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for the Felix-themed trivia question there. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, if you don't have anything else besides that, Bo, um, I think we'll get out of here then. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.